I'm going to go to a familiar scripture. This is one of my theme scriptures for this year. I don't know how many times I'm going to go to it, but I'm going to go to it tonight. I'm just going to use it as a launching pad to take off and share with you what God put in my heart. Amen. But I want to go to John chapter 11, verse 44. Very familiar portion of scripture. Something that we've been talking about. Hallelujah. We have already declared that this year is going to be the year of freedom. Amen. 2018. We took the story of the woman who was hunched over bent over for 18 years and it was in year 18 on the 18th year where Jesus set her free and we declared upon that text hallelujah that this year was going to be a year of freedom that 2018 was going to be a year where your life will straighten out amen where things will come into alignment in your life hallelujah do you believe that in this place Glory to God. John 11, verse 44. I'm probably just going to read 44 and 45. And I got some more scripture for you, but I'll get to those as we move forward. Amen. John 11 and 44. I read today in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. And the word of the Lord says it so. And he that was dead. You know, that's a, that was a lot of us. The Bible says we were dead in our sin and in our trespass. Watch this. And he that was dead came forth but notice how he comes forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face was bound with a napkin and Jesus said unto them loose him and let him go next verse then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him not when they saw the dead man alive only, but when they saw the dead man loosed. Amen? Hallelujah. And so I want to talk to you for a little while under the subject, living without limitations. Living without limitations. Amen? Living without limitations. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name. Add blessing to your word and minister to your people today in a very powerful way. I thank you, Lord God, because the word never returns void. It's going to find fertile ground to land on tonight, and it's going to yield a harvest in somebody's life. Some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. We give you glory for that now in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen and Amen. In talking about this subject, we have already determined that it is possible for you to come out and not be loose. It is possible that someone could be out and not loosed. When you look at this story, you're seeing a man who's no longer dead. He's out of the cave. Amen. He's no longer in darkness. Amen. He has been transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, yet he is still tied up. Not only is he tied up, he is in the presence of Jesus, and he is still tied up. And so I want to submit to you, hallelujah, you could be out. You could be here where the presence of God is and still be, and still be tied up. I want to deal with the three areas that he was tied up in. The Bible is very specific, and the Bible lets us know that he was, he was bound hand and feet and his head. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
hand and feet. And the Bible says that he had a napkin around his face. So let me talk, I'm, I'm going to skip the intro and get right to it. When, when we're talking about the hands, understand that the hands are what you use to work with. Amen. Uh, the Bible challenges us to put our hands to the plow. Uh, in other words, to go to work. In other words, put those hands to good use. Hallelujah. Those hands uh, represent, hallelujah, what you use in order for you to be productive. In other words, they also represent your fruitfulness. Amen. If you don't put your hands to work, you're not going to see the fruitfulness that God wants you to experience in your life. Are you with me so far? Uh, some of us are looking at our lives, hallelujah, and just because you're out doesn't mean you're being fruitful. You could be saved and not fruitful. Can I help you in here? Hallelujah. And so let me tell you why that happens in the lives of many people. Perhaps you're in this place and you're saying, man, you know, I've been serving the Lord for a little while. I thought I would be further along by now. I thought that I would been, have at least been bearing more fruit from now, for, for at least by now. So what you really need to understand is simply this. I'm going to give it to you very plain and very simple. Freedom precedes fruitfulness. I said freedom precedes fruitfulness. Amen. If your hands are tied up, you cannot be fruitful. You have to be set free in order for you to be fruitful. Are you in this place? Hallelujah. You know, on, on Sunday, I don't know if you were here on Sunday, but on Sunday, I begin to talk to you a little bit about the wisdom of Solomon. And if you ever, if you ever want to grow in wisdom, just read the book of Proverbs and you will learn a ton. Amen. And so watch this. In, in the 30th chapter of the book of Proverbs and verse number 28, God begins to talk to us about wisdom. Not just wisdom, but exceeding wisdom. You remember that? And, and when he gets ready to illustrate great wisdom to us, he takes us and illustrates it through these little creatures. And he says something like, there are four things upon the earth which are really small, but exceeding wise. And he begins to name the animals. Amen. He says, one is the ant. I ain't got time to get into the ant, but the ant speaks about preparation. Amen. It, it gets ready in the summer for the winter. It speaks of preparation. Then it talks about the coney. Just in case you don't know what a coney is, it's kin to the rabbit. Amen. It's not fast like the rabbit. It's very slow actually. Its secret or its wisdom is that it knows how to find a place of strength. So when the enemy is after it, it hides in the rocks. And it camouflages itself and looks like what it's hiding in. Mm. The best position you could be is in Christ. The best thing you could do is look like him. I, got, I ain't got time for that. Hallelujah. The, the next creature was the locust. And I might, mention, I might mention him a little more in just a moment. But the one that I want to key on is the spider. And we mentioned it on Sunday. But let me just say something else uh, about this particular creature. In verse 28 of the 30th chapter of Proverbs, it says, watch this. The spider taketh hold with her hands. God refers to it as a she. With her hands and is in king's palaces the spider taketh hold with her hands now you might be you know for everybody who thinks they're a little bit smart amen hallelujah you might be listening to me and say spider don't got hands spider has eight legs as far as i'm concerned the spider don't have hands and i don't i'm not going to get into a debate with you about that all i'm going to say is that if god said it has hands <laughs> let god be true <laughs> That's what the Bible says. Amen. I believe what it's really referring to is that out of those eight legs, it uses two. Probably the first two, watch this, to spin its web. In other words, the spider 
uses its hands to produce out of her that which is in her. Are you following what I'm saying? The spider uh, knows how to get out what's inside. In other words, watch this. Your success is predicated on your ability to produce. I said your success is predicated upon your ability to produce. Not your ability to shout. I like shouting with the best of them. And don't get me wrong, a shout can get you out. If Joseph, who fell in the pit, were here, he would tell you that it was his brother, his brother Judah that got him out. Judah means praise. There is a praise that will get you out. But we already learned you could be out and not loose. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, God. And while a praise could get you out, that might not be what gets you loose. What gets you loose is truth. God, help me in here. Hallelujah. And I know what many of you are thinking of the scripture right now. Yeah, 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 because the truth makes you free. Can I mess you up? That's not entirely correct. I messed you up. Pastor done gone wild now. You can't just say the truth makes you free because you're only quoting part of the text. The text says you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So watch this. It's not just the truth that makes you free. It's truth you know. That makes you free. It's the truth you know that makes you free. One of the things that I love about the wisdom of the spider is that the spider knows that her house is inside of her. My house is inside. And one of the things I mentioned on Sunday, and I'm going to move from, away from this, was simply this. She produces her house with her hands. And she produces what's within or from within. Amen? And you could, you know, if you've ever seen a spider web in your house, you can act cute and say it won't get in your house. But if it gets in palaces, it gets in your house. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Palaces are spotless, and they get in there. So watch this. If it gets in your house, you see it, you know you're not going to leave it there. You're going to knock it down. You knock it down with a broom, hit it, whatever it is you got to do to it. The next day, it's going to be back up again. Because it has this amazing attitude. I, lo I love this particular creature. And I love the wisdom that God illustrates through this creature. Because it's basically letting me know that the spider has a no worry attitude. You knock my house down. And just give me a little bit of time. And I'll build it back up again. Are you following what I'm saying? Because it's in me. It's in me to build. It came from me. And if it came from me, you knock it down. Go ahead and take my house. Go ahead and take my car. Just give me a little bit of time and I'll build it back up again. God, help me in here. Hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because it's in me. I love the way Jesus put it. Destroy this temple in three days and I will build it back up again. Amen. Oh, God. In other words, free hands can produce a fruitful life. The question is, are your hands free? Because you could be out the tomb, but not have free hands. Lazarus is out, but he is bound. Hand, feet, and head. Are you in this place? Hallelujah. The Bible goes on to let us know, because we usually we stop this story in chapter 11. But if you ever read chapter 12, I'm not going to go to it for the sake of time. But if you ever read chapter 12, the Bible says that Jesus comes back to Bethany. And they're so excited that Jesus is coming back to Bethany that they throw a feast. They throw a party. And, in, and they're having a party in Mary Martha's house. And uh, Martha is working as usual. She's serving. Amen. And the Bible says that Lazarus is lying. He's sitting at the table with Jesus. 
And not only is he sitting at the table with Jesus, the Bible says that he is reclining. It is a picture, watch this, of an individual, watch this, who is resting in Christ. It is the picture of an, it's the picture of a man who's no longer bound. It is the picture of a man who's free. And the Bible goes on to say that many people came, watch this now, to see Jesus and Lazarus whom he raised. In other words, they said, we want to see the man who got a second chance. We, 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 we want to see this individual, hallelujah, who, who was dead and is no longer dead. Hallelujah. Anybody in here like Lazarus know that they got a second chance? Can I submit to you, hallelujah, that people want to see the individual who got a second chance? People are watching you. Amen, somebody. Watch this. Now, I want you to imagine with me. Wonder what would have happened if when they came in the house to see Lazarus, they would have seen him sitting at the table, but still bound. Still wearing the grave clothes. Still wearing the stuff from where he just came out of. Still wearing where he's been. Still wearing what he was. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? Could you imagine that he was sitting there and, and, and could not move very much? Uh, couldn't move his hands. Couldn't really move his feet too much. Uh, couldn't speak. Come on, somebody. Because he's still bound. You know, after watching him, hallelujah, they, they had to assist him to sit. They had to assist him to get up, hallelujah. They had to move him here and help him move there. And after a while, I think I would have been there and probably asked myself, my God, if he's going to remain like that, then why bring him back? In other words, what would have been the purpose for quickening him and making him alive if he wasn't going to do something? And I want to submit to somebody in this place, hallelujah, that God didn't save you. Breathe life back into you. Give you a second chance at life so that you can sit there and do nothing. If you are in this room under the sound of my voice and you are loosed, you have to understand that you are loosed with purpose. Uh, God didn't want you to just... Get out of the grave, hallelujah. He wants you loose so that you can do something, amen, hallelujah. If, listen, if you're just sitting there and your hands are still bound and your mouth is closed, hallelujah, and your feet are bound, you can't even praise him. I, I'm reminded of what Hezekiah said. Hezekiah said, God, the dead can't praise you. What am I going to raise you up for if you're still going to act dead? Are you in this place, hallelujah? Hmm. And so watch this. I'm, I'm going to mess you up because I'm going to tell you something. Uh, Jesus did not just save you so you could have life. If that was the case, Jesus would have stopped at the first command. He gave two commands that day. And the first one was Lazarus come forth. And if all Jesus wanted, to, wanted you to have was life, he would have stopped right there. Because the minute he said come forth, the dead man came out of the grave alive. But then he gave a second command. And that second command was, loose him and let him go. In other words, I didn't come, watch this, so that you could just have life. I came that you might have life and have it more, more abundantly. 
And some of us are living, but not in abundance. If you're in this place, shout glory. The Bible says that when they saw him, watch this, when they saw, when they saw the man that is free, when they saw the man that is no longer in bondage, they contemplated not just killing Jesus, read chapter 12, but killing Jesus and Lazarus. Could you imagine that? He, he was dead and he just came back to life and they talking about we need to kill him. And the Bible says, watch this, for reason that by him many, many believed on Jesus. Watch this, because that's what a free man, a free woman in Christ will do, hallelujah, when others watch their life. When they see the life of someone who's no longer bound, they will become thirsty, hallelujah, to believe in the one that set them free. And watch this, hallelujah. Those that are still bound, like the religious zealots that were watching him that day, they determined we need to kill him because he's free. <laughs> but here's the thing. If I'm Lazarus, I ain't scared of none of y'all because I'm sitting next to the one. You talking about you going to kill me? Been there. Done that. I was laying in the tomb for four days, hallelujah. My body was already decaying. And the one I'm sitting with right now brought me back to life. So your threats of killing me don't scare me one bit. Kill me, hallelujah. He can... Do I got anybody else in this place who says, you know what, hallelujah, I was dead once too. Crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. God, help me in here. I ain't scared. Hallelujah. Could you imagine Lazarus? He's loose. He's not afraid. He's sitting there sharing. He's sitting there probably witnessing, telling his story. And many lives are being changed because of the testimony of not someone who's alive, but someone who's loose. Oh, God, help me. And I don't know about you, but I want that to be my testimony. I want people to look at my life, hallelujah, and see freedom. So much freedom. They get so thirsty. They ask me, my God, how did you get that way? And I could tell them how the one, hallelujah, who lets me sit at his table, he's the deliverer. He set me free, and he can set you totally free. Are you blessed in here? Oh, God, I'm not going to finish this. The feet. Let's talk about the feet. Those were the hands. Amen. Let's talk about the feet. Hallelujah. The feet represent progress. The, the feet represent attaining. Uh, the feet represent pressing forward. Amen. Uh, the feet represent gaining ground and taking territory. Uh, the feet represent, hallelujah, uh, possessing land. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. Uh, but when Lazarus comes out of the tomb wrapped up, he is the picture of a life with limits. A life with limitations. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He cannot move. He cannot walk. He probably hopped out of the tomb. Come on, somebody. And he had to do that because the word told him to. 
He is in spiritual arrest. He is in spiritual stagnation. You know, and, and, and let me tell you, I, I, I hate to say this, but it's the truth. Hallelujah. There are many people who have come out of the tomb and haven't gone nowhere. I said they haven't gone anywhere. You check them two years. You check them five years. You check them ten years after they came back to life. And you know where they're still at? They're still in the doorway of the tomb. They are alive, but they're in the same place. They are alive, but they have not progressed. They have not gained ground. They have not taken territory. They're not moving. They are stagnant. And Jesus is not satisfied with a stagnant life. I didn't call you to be stagnant. I didn't call you, hallelujah, to sit there or just stand there and do nothing. That's why Jesus said, man, loose that man. Loose his legs so he can walk into his destiny. Take off his history so that he can walk into his destiny. Loose his legs, hallelujah, so he can run his race. Loose his legs so that he can leap by faith. Because how many of you know that sometimes, hallelujah, faith requires a leap? Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying. I said sometimes faith requires a leap, hallelujah. Oftentimes, hallelujah, you spend too much time thinking about it and contemplating it. You ain't going to jump off that boat. But oftentimes, faith requires a leap. Sometimes you got to jump into it. I said sometimes you got to jump into it. It's risky, hallelujah, but faith requires that an individual who believes God takes risks, hallelujah. And sometimes you just got to take a leap. You got to jump. Oh, God, my Bible says, hallelujah, in the book of Habakkuk, uh, Habakkuk, hallelujah, it says, watch this. He will, make, he will make my legs like hind's feet, and I will walk upon my high places, hallelujah. And you got to understand what that text is saying. That text is saying that God will take my legs, hallelujah, and give my legs propelling power, that of a deer, hallelujah. Did you not know that a deer could jump, watch this, eight feet tall from a standstill position? And when I say eight feet, I'm not talking about the top of his head. I'm talking about the bottom of his feet. If he jumped, the bottom of his feet, hallelujah, will reach eight feet high. And if he gets a running start, he can jump ten feet high. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God said he'll make my feet like his feet so that I can walk upon my high places, hallelujah. Cut his legs loose so that he can leap into another level. Ah, God, help me in here. Cut his legs loose so that he can climb up higher. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, God. Well, you know, a moment ago, I started talking about those four little creatures. Let me say something about uh, that other creature. It is the locust. Uh, the Bible has a lot to say about the locust. I can't get into uh, the wisdom, all the wisdom of the locust. I will on another occasion. But you know the locusts. The locusts are greedy. They go into a city. The city, they'll eat everything that's green. I don't know about you, but I want everything God has for me. I said, I don't know about you, but I want it. I'll eat it all up. Give me everything you got, God. I'm ready. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Watch this. Here's the amazing thing about this animal. And let me give it to you really quickly. Uh, did you not know that the locust could soar for miles? Could soar. It's, it's, it's kin to the grasshopper. It comes from the grasshopper family, but it's not a grasshopper. It is a locust. Watch this now. It can soar for miles, but it cannot fly. And you thought it could, right? It can soar for miles, but it cannot fly. Why? Because his strength is not in his wings. His wings are too small. His strength is in his. 
I ain't lost. Stay with me. I'm talking about the legs. His strength is in his legs. Did you not know that a locust can jump 200 times its weight and size? 200 times. And I know I got you thinking right now, and you're probably saying, yeah, but even if he jumped and his strength wasn't in his ability to jump, uh, wouldn't he land in the proximity of where he jumped from if he jumped? But watch this. I said his strength is in his legs. His wisdom is in his perception. Watch this. Because if the locusts were here and could talk, it would tell you, it's not just my ability to jump. It's my ability to know when to jump. I said it's my ability to know when to jump. And the wisdom of the locust is simply this. The locust has this amazing ability to sense when the wind is coming. I said it has an amazing ability to sense when the wind is coming. So when the locusts sense the wind coming, they gear up. You don't hear me in here. They gear up, hallelujah, and then they jump into it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's what I mean by saying sometimes you got to jump into it. And watch this, they catch a wind. When the locust catches a wind, it flies without struggle. Y'all didn't hear me in here. I said when the locust catches a wind, it flies without struggle. Can I submit to you that what I, one of the things that I'm believing God for this church uh, in this time of consecration is that after we have consecrated and done our part, that almighty God will send the wind. That he will send the wind, hallelujah, and that we would be so sensitive. God, help me in here, hallelujah. Because of our time of consecration, that we will gear up when we sense the wind coming. And then collectively, like the locusts, all of us will jump into the wind, hallelujah. And enter a season where we fly without struggle. You don't hear what I'm saying. My God, I know that your testimony right now is I'm struggling, hallelujah. All hell is breaking loose in my life. I don't know what's going on. It's hitting me from the right. It's hitting me from the left. But I'm believing, hallelujah, that after you have sacrificed, that you will jump into a wind that God sends that will let you fly for a season without struggle. If you believe it in here, stand up on your feet and give God a praise. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. I need somebody who has a little bit of faith. Hallelujah. To just get ready. Hallelujah. Just practice a little bit right now. There's a wind coming. I said there's a wind coming. Hallelujah. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready to use your faith? Hallelujah. Or are your legs still tied up? Are your legs still bound? Hallelujah. If you're really free, hallelujah. I wish I had somebody in here that could just practice a little bit with me. Because you know it's coming. Because you know it's coming. There's a wind coming. There's a wind coming. There's a wind coming to your house. There's a wind coming on your job. There's a wind coming on the lives of your children. Get in the wind. Woo! Woo! I don't know about you. Hallelujah. But I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready. Hallelujah. I'm getting ready to fly like I've never flown. I'm getting ready to soar like I've never soared. I'm ready to go to a higher place, hallelujah, that I've never been before. Ooh, my God, my God, my God. Oh, my God, sit down, sit down, sit down. We're just talking. 
my God, hallelujah. I'm getting ready with my bad leg. I'm, I'm going. Hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's the feet. Then there's the head. Amen. The head represents, watch this, vision. Right? Because your eyes are in your head. Uh, your ability to perceive. Your ability to discern. Spiritual knowledge is in your head. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Some people like Lazarus. Uh, their eyes are not open toward their identity. They don't know who they are in God. And because they don't know who they are in God, they can't see past where they are. All you see is where you are. Oh, God, have mercy here. And these are people who live in a little world and have a short horizon. And their vision only goes as far as their neighborhood. A 20-block radius. And they can't see past that. God, help me in this place. But watch this. Sometimes the reason you cannot see is because there is a lot in your life. Yeah, yeah, the reason you can't see is because you have a lot in your life. And see, some of you are looking at me and nodding and going, yeah, man, I'm going through a lot, Pastor. You have no idea. But I'm not talking about stuff. I'm talking about lot, L-O-T. I'm talking about capital L-O-T. I said, some of you, oh, God help me. Some of you can't see because there is a lot in your life. Show me Genesis 13 and verse 14. I'm going to show you something. Amen. I'm going to help somebody. Somebody's going to get their eyes opened. Hallelujah. Genesis 13. I believe it's Genesis 13 and verse 14. Hallelujah. Now, why, oh, God, help me here. Listen to the text. I, can't, I ain't got time for the whole story, so just listen to the text. And the Lord said unto Abraham, when, 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 when? After that Lot was separated from him. Some of you don't see because there's a lot in your life. And the Lord said unto Abram, after that lot was separated from him, lift up now thine eyes. And look from the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward. Next verse. Hallelujah. Next verse. For all the land which thou seest, oh God, have mercy in here. To thee will I give it and to thy seed forever. Now watch this. While Lot was there, he didn't see nothing. Sometimes you cannot see. Because there is a lot in your life. God, help me in here. Hallelujah. You praying for direction. You asking God, hallelujah, to show you what to do next. Hallelujah. You need to see where you want to go. You want to see what God has for you and what is yours. Hallelujah. But you still traveling with wrong people. People who, like we said on Sunday... Are not putting a demand on your potential. Ooh, God have mercy in here. Because remember what we said on Sunday? We determined on Sunday that environment is everything. 
environment is everything. Take that fish out of the water and that fish is not going to be able to thrive because it's not in its environment. Take that bird out of the sky and it cannot thrive because it's out of its environment. Take the seed out of the ground and the seed cannot thrive because it's out of its environment. And we determine a seed out of its environment. A seed in my hand is simply destiny concealed. But if you put that seed in the ground where it belongs, in the right environment, then the ground makes a demand on what's inside of the seed and causes what's inside to come out. I said it causes what's inside to come out. Those are the kind of people <laughs> that I like to be around. <laughs> people that put a demand on my potential. Hallelujah. Oh my God, I know I'm in the right environment every time I get around people that make my baby jump. Uh, that make the thing inside of me, hallelujah, begin to leap for joy and remind me that it's still alive. Are you in this place, church? Do you have a lot in your life? I'm not saying look until you leave Lot. You leave Lot, I'll say look. That's the text. That's as plain, that's as plain as you're going to get it right there. Amen? On one occasion, Jesus had to grab a man by his hand, take him out of the city. Why? Because the environment was not conducive for a miracle. And Jesus is not limited, but sometimes, watch this, it's not a lack of anointing, it's the culture. It's a culture full of people that will not receive. And so Jesus was the one that told us, if they don't receive your peace, just wipe your feet. And so Jesus said, come with me. Took him out. The best thing that God could do for you sometimes is grab you and say, come with me. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying. And listen, because of your consecration, I hear God saying, hallelujah. I left it. Listen, you were supposed to do like Abraham and separate, hallelujah. But in this season, hallelujah, because of your consecration, God's going to grab you by your hand and pull you out of wrong environments. And somebody ought to take about 15 seconds and say, thank you, Jesus, for helping me. If it's not good for me, please get me out of there. It's amazing to me, hallelujah, when I look at Lazarus' life because I see, he illustrates to me the life of many people because you can change position and not necessarily change condition. He, he changed his position. He's no longer in the tomb. He's out of the tomb. But his condition is still the same. In the tomb, he had dead man's clothes. He's out of the tomb, man. And now he's still wearing dead man's clothes. Are you blessed in here, church? Mm. Hallelujah. You know what's amazing to me is that while Lazarus was in the tomb, and it was dark, and it was gloomy, and he was lifeless, then his grave clothes were uh, suitable apparel. They were the trappings of that condition. Amen. And while he was lifeless, uh, the grave clothes 
weren't a hindrance because he couldn't feel them. Because he had no life. And so it is for the individual that has not been regenerated. People who are lifeless can't feel the chains. People who are lifeless can't feel the chains that are holding them. They'll look you in your face and tell you nothing's holding them. Why? Because they have no life. So their chains are not a hindrance. They're not an inconvenience. They can't even feel the chains that are holding them because they're lifeless. My problem comes when you have been awakened. And you walk like those clothes are not hindering you. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? If you're blessed in here, shout glory. Some of us walk, hallelujah, like we don't know the privileges that are attached to our new birth. God wants us free. That's why he didn't stop at the first command and walk away. He said, that's unacceptable. Loose that man. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And set him free. Hallelujah. He was quickened, meaning he was made alive. He was quickened, but he still needed to be emancipated. Are you in this place, church? I think about the life of the prodigal son. I got like 15 minutes. Okay. I think about the life of the prodigal son. Amen. And the prodigal son is a clear uh, illustration to me of an individual, watch this, who gets to the place where he is quickened but still needs to be emancipated. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know the life of the prodigal son, hallelujah. To me, it illustrates a little bit what happened to Adam. But I can't get into that whole story, hallelujah. But he leaves his father's house, amen, because of the decision that he makes. Glory to God, Adam is kicked out of the garden because of a decision that he makes. But without getting into all those details, watch this. He leaves and he goes out and lives riotously, amen. He, 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 he wastes his life, hallelujah. He loses everything. To make a long story short, he ends up in a hog pen. Amen. And now he's desiring to eat what the pigs are eating. I mean, talk about low, right? He's in a very low place right there. But then the Bible says that all of a sudden he comes to himself. It is, it is, it, oh God help me in here. It's not just a statement. It is a statement of liberation. It is the best thing that could ever happen to anybody, hallelujah, who is outside of God's will. That they would come to themselves and then make the decision, watch this, I shall arise and go back to my father's house. But how many of you know, watch this now, hallelujah, that all of a sudden that word that resonated from the inside of him uh, quickened him. Amen. Uh, it was a word of life where all of a sudden, hallelujah, he's not desiring what the, what the pigs are eating, but he's desiring to go back home. Amen. So watch this. But even still, he has in his mind fear. Watch this. Fear and legality about coming back, watch this, and being demoted and perhaps becoming a slave because of the guilt that he is still carrying even though he's been quickened. And sometimes you come out of the tomb, but the stuff you're wrapped up in is guilt. And shame. Oh, my God. I could talk about the many, the many different types of... Uh, of grave clothes that got somebody bound up. Hallelujah. There are many. And one of the things that I want to do this year is go through some of those one by one. Hallelujah. Because I want to see God's people free. And I mean entirely free. And so we're going to talk about, watch this, 
as many as God gives me to talk about. We're just going to remove layer after layer after layer until God's people are walking in absolute and total freedom. Are you in this place, church? But sometimes it is guilt because of the things that you've done. So watch this now. He's quickened. He's moving towards home. But he's thinking like a slave and not like a son. And so watch this. He's moving, but he's bound. He's out of the hog pen, but he's still bound by guilt and shame. And so he's moving, but he's moving slow. How do you know that, Pastor? The text don't say that. I'll tell you how I know that. I'll tell you for all the scholars in the room. The father is on the porch. And the father is waiting for him. Oh, God. I don't know who you are, but the father's waiting for you. Watch this. He's waiting for him, looking for him. And he sees him, the Bible says, afar off. And watch this. He can't get to the father quick enough. God, help me in here. I said he can't get to the father quick enough. So you know what the father does? The father leaves the porch and he starts running toward the son. Oh, God, help me in here. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because of guilt and shame, he's not moving quick enough. Hallelujah. So watch this. The father starts running towards the son. Because the feet of forgiveness are faster than the feet of repentance. I said, because the feet of forgiveness are faster than the feet of repentance. And if you can't get to me quick enough, I'll come to you. Oh, God, have mercy in here. And you know the story like I do. The father runs up to him and embraces him. Hallelujah. And I believe that the embrace alone begins to dispel the fear of the son. Begin to kiss him. He's dirty. He's smelly. He smells like pigs. He smells like what he came from. And the father don't even care. And he's wearing the filthy rags from the hog pen. And you know what the father says? Get those filthy clothes off my son. In other words, he's not coming back, hallelujah, to work as a slave. He's a son. Get those filthy rags off of him and put a robe on him. Put a robe on him and put a ring on him. Kill the fatty calf and we're going to celebrate. Because my son who was lost... Is not lost anymore. Do you know who you are in him? You're a son. Positionally, you're a son. The woman with her back bent over, she doesn't get free until you hear Jesus tell the religious people, she is a daughter of Abraham. You got to know who you are before you get totally free. Are you blessed in here? I ain't even get it to my main stuff yet. I got nine minutes. Somebody say you could do it. Oh, God's slowing that clock down for me today. Watch this. Show me, show me, show me Joshua chapter 3. I might, I might have to paraphrase this a little bit. Joshua chapter 3. I'm going somewhere. Jesus, have mercy. Jesus says Lazarus to Lazarus or to the people near him, loose him and let him go. That was the command. Joshua, just in case you didn't know, is the Hebrew name for Jesus. Amen. So as I read Joshua, understand Jesus is still talking. Amen, somebody. Watch this. And Joshua rose early in the morning and they removed from Shittim and came to Jordan. 
he and all the children of Israel and lodged there before what? They passed over. They're getting ready to go to a new place. Amen. Show me the next verse. And it came to pass after three days. Isn't that something? Uh, that the officers went through the host. Next verse. And they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priest, the Levites bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. Amen. In other words, follow the Lord. Follow the Lord. Yet there shall be a space between you and it. In other words, don't get ahead of God. About 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it that you may know the way by which you must go. Don't get, a, don't get ahead of God because then you're going to lose yourself. Amen. For you have, watch this now. For you have not passed this way before. Ooh. Anybody interested in that? God is saying, listen to me very carefully because I'm about to take you somewhere you've never been. And the last verse goes on to say, And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves. For tomorrow, in the very near future, the Lord will do wonders among you. But here's the challenge. Sanctify yourself. Before we can go into this new place, you need to separate yourself from where you've been. Watch, watch, watch. My first point. This is actually my first point. <laughs> that was my intro. My first point. I'm going to do it in seven minutes. My first point. Put it up there on the screen very quickly. Lose the residue of where you've been. Lose. If you are believing God for a new place, lose the residue. Of where you been. If I had time, I will take you to, to, to the book of 1 Corinthians where the apostle Paul tells us, watch this, what it was that kept the people of God circling, circling in the desert. And just so we won't turn to it, but I'll give them to you very quickly. I preached on it not so long ago, but this is what the Bible says. The Bible says they lusted after idols. They operated in sexual immorality. The Bible says they tested and they tempted the Lord. In other words, they didn't trust him. And then they murmured and complained. It's getting quiet in here. In other words, God said, watch this. It was these specific things that kept the people, watch this, that were destined for a promised place circling or in a cycle of circling. And you don't have to shout amen, but I'm sure that there are people in the room that could testify about going through seasons, long seasons in their life, hallelujah, where they were in a cycle of circling. Can somebody shout amen in here? Watch this, hallelujah. And he told, watch this, Paul lets them know, he's telling New Testament folk, he's telling the church, listen, don't make the mistake that they made, hallelujah. If you're going to go in a new place, if you're going to walk in newness of life, take off the old man and put on the new man. Is not that the command of the apostle Paul? Take off the old man. Watch this. If I took you all the way to the fifth chapter of the book of Joshua, before they go in, watch this. The angel of the Lord tells him, take your shoes off for you are on holy ground. In other words, the shoes that you are wearing underneath have the residue of the places you've been. And if I'm going to take you to another place, you're not going to go to a new place, hallelujah, wearing the old stuff. 
God, help me in here. If you were here on Sunday, that's what Naomi told Ruth. She told her, change your clothes, girl. You can't go to a new place, hallelujah, wearing the same old clothes. You look like where you've been. And you can't go to a new place like that. He said, watch this, hallelujah, idolatry kept them from going to the new place. Tear down the idols. Some of us have idols. You're not saying nothing. Hallelujah. Watch this. Hallelujah. Some of you, watch this, have the idol of your own agenda. God wants to take you to a place. Hallelujah. He said, you get behind the ark and follow me. But some of us worship our own agenda. And watch this. If you ever go to the book of Samuel, Samuel said, watch this, that stubbornness is idolatry. It is the worship of your own opinion. And you can't get to a new place if you worship your own opinion and your own agenda. Forfeit your alliance to the golden calf and follow the Ark of the Covenant. Are you in this place? Ooh. Are you in this place, church? Let me put it to you another way. If you want to come to a new place, you have to do something new. I'm going to say that one more time. If you want to come into a new place, you have to do something new. I'm going to challenge every minister and every ministry leader in this place. Add to your agenda this year, we're going to do something new. Because if you don't do something new, you're not going to go to a new place. If you only do what you've done, you're going to end up where you've always been. If you want to go to a new place in 2018, make it your business to do something new. To do something you've never done before. Even though, hallelujah, it makes you insecure. Even though you're uncertain. That's what faith is about. You want to at least like Peter, get off the boat. Even if Jesus has to put you back on, at least you can say, hallelujah, at least I tried it. I'm not going to die crying. I'm going to die trying. I'm going to try something, hallelujah. But I will not be stagnant. I will not stay where I'm at, hallelujah. Are you in this place, church? My God, hallelujah. Lose the residue of where you went. Of where you've been, hallelujah. If the woman at the, at the well were here, hallelujah, she would tell you one encounter with Jesus. That's all it took, hallelujah. That man said these words to me. He told me if I drank from the water that he had, I would never thirst again, hallelujah. When I heard it, I believed it. So much so that I dropped my water pot. Inside my water pot was all the residue of every time I visited this well. But when he said, if I drink the water he had, I wouldn't have to come to the this well no more, then what do I need my water pot for? Lose the residue of where you've been. Oh my God. You got to do something new. Some of your listening habits may need to change. I'm losing them, God. Your, some of your friendships may need to change. Uh, some of you, where you spend your time might need to change. Some of you, how you spend your money may need to change. Because if you just keep doing what you've always done, you're going to get what you've always gotten. Yeah. 
sanctify yourselves. If you sin, you're going to circle. I'm out. If you sin, you're going to circle. I mean, how plain. My God, y'all don't like me when I say that. If you sin, you're going to circle. What the Apostle Paul was saying is that their sins kept them from the promised place. Because sin still does what it did from the beginning. It separates. Are you in this place, church? Oh, God, have mercy. Don't make a deal with Pharaoh. The people of Israel get to the, to the Red Sea and they think there's no way out. So you know what they want to do? They want to go back. You'll never, re, you'll never visit a new place going backwards. And they determine maybe if we go back, they won't kill us. Yeah, they probably won't kill you, but you'll be going back to slavery. And God wants you free. God said, tell the people, Moses, to move forward. Amen, somebody. Ooh. If you take steps back, you'll go back into slavery. If you revisit old places, you'll go back into slavery. Lose the residue. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Do like, the, like Elisha did and break the plow. I'm going after the call of God and I ain't coming back to this. I'm going to make sure I ain't coming back. I'm going to break it. Uh-oh. Refusal, refusal to take new steps will keep you circling. Amen. Let me give you number two real quick. I'm going to run through these. Possessing requires purity. Oh, boy. This is where I'm going to lose the rest of the amens I had left right here. Possessing. I'm so glad we shouted on Sunday real good. Watch this. Possessing requires purity. I don't have time to take you to Joshua chapter 5. But if you went to chapter 5, you're going to see what, what God does next. He tells Joshua, make flint knives. Now, this is, this is rough right here. Make flint knives and watch this. You got to hear me in the spirit. Circumcise the people. In other words, you cannot go into this new place until you cut some stuff off. You, you know, we wonder sometimes why it is that we're still circling or why it is that our lives are in a cycle of circling. But after you've done did everything you think you know how to do, you got to evaluate your life and say, could it be that there are some things that still need to get cut off? God, have mercy in this place. Hallelujah. Notice that they visited the promised land. But God's purpose for you is not for you just to visit the promised land. It's for you to possess it. God doesn't want you to just experience a little bit of reason, of freedom. He wants you to possess freedom in your life. Amen, somebody. You cannot possess freedom if you aren't pure. This is why he said, watch this, circumcise them before they can go in. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In other words, purity is a prerequisite for power. See, nobody, nobody shouts about purity. My God. Purity is a prerequisite for power. When they were in the upper room, hallelujah, watch this. They were getting ready to go and do the will of God. And Jesus said, wait. Go to the upper room and don't do anything until you are, watch this, endued with power from on high. When, listen, I told you, purity is a prerequisite for fire, for, 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 for power. So watch this. They're in there praying. Kind of like we're doing right now. They're in there praying, hallelujah. 
Watch this. And then when the power comes, notice how it comes. The Bible says that it comes as fire. What does fire do? Fire purifies. Notice, can I show you something? Notice that when the Holy Spirit came upon them, it came as fire. But when Jesus comes out of the baptismal waters, hallelujah, and the Holy Spirit comes upon him, it doesn't come upon him as fire. Oh, God, help me in here. It comes upon them as fire because they still need to be purified before they go. But you don't need to purify what's already pure. So when it comes upon Jesus, it comes as a white dove illustrating, hallelujah, this is pure right here. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Purity is a prerequisite for power. That ain't going to sell a lot of CDs. Hallelujah. But that's the word of the Lord right there. Because here's the reality. You may taste freedom without purity, but you won't keep it. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying. They visited the promised land, but they couldn't stay there. They had to come back. Hallelujah. And you can visit freedom. Without purity, but you can't stay there. If you want to possess freedom, you're going to need purity. Are you blessed in here? See, the problem with us, hallelujah, is we want the promise without the pain. We want the, the promise without the pain of cutting. Because cutting some of that stuff off that we've allowed in our lives for so long... It's going to hurt. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let me give you number three. Do not move in haste. Remain until you heal. Do not. Could you imagine? The Bible says, and I ain't got time to show you, but read chapter five. Joshua chapter five. You'll see it in Joshua chapter five. The Bible says that Joshua made that flint knife, circumcised all the men. Watch this. And then the Bible is real clear. And they stayed there until... They healed. Some of you want to hurry up, but you ain't healed. Some of you want to help, but you ain't healed. How do you pretend on helping people when you still need help? How you going to lose somebody if you not lose? God, help me in this place. Hallelujah. And oftentimes uh, we have a good desire. Hallelujah. But we're not ready. And we aspire to go, hallelujah, and do. But you can't go until you are healed. And some of you, you know, you, you, we get excited, hallelujah. I'm chasing after God. I'm holy. I want to be holy. You need to be whole. <laughs> and I love your excitement. You want to be holy, but you need to be whole. If you're going to deliver people. If you're going to help, listen, the command to loose the people, Jesus gave to the people around him. I don't know about you, hallelujah. We talk, we talk about Lazarus. We get excited about getting loose. I want to be the guy who looses. I want to be the guy who God calls and says, take those grave clothes off of her. Take those grave clothes. Take that person under your wing. Mentor that person and take them to a place of freedom so that I can use them for my honor and my glory. That's who I want to be. I don't care if I'm nameless. The Bible don't give them no names, but I want to be one of those. Hallelujah. I want to be able to say, I done got loose. Now I'm a looser. I, want, I don't even know if that makes sense. Hallelujah. But I want to be somebody who looses other people. We gotta, 
God. God is saying, I want to prepare you to possess freedom. You can't hurry. You have to heal first. Mm. Some of us bail too quickly. We bail too quickly. We move too fast. We hop from one place to another place. We hop from one relationship to another relationship. We hop from one job to another job. We hop from one confidant to another confidant. We hop from one church to another church. And at the end of the day, you know what the result is? No healing. Because you didn't stay in one place long enough to heal. And God is saying, I'm going to use you to change lives, but you need to be healed first. Oh, God, have mercy in this place. Sometimes the reason we jump and we move so fast is that we're scared that if we stay somewhere too long, somebody might notice my flaws. Somebody might notice my imperfections. Hallelujah. So you jump somewhere else. Hallelujah. And then you jump somewhere else so that nobody could notice. But you need to be around some good people that will notice and then come and cover you so you can heal. Oh, God. I got to close. Hallelujah. Hopping from here to there with with Band-Aids. Covering. Hallelujah. Are you hearing? But how many, you know what my, my mama used to do? My mama used to put a, I used to hate when she did this, but I understand it now. Watch this. She used to put a Band-Aid on me when I got cut, and then one hour later, two hours top, she would take it off. And I'd be like, why are you taking it off? I wanted to take a bath with it. I wanted to sleep with it. I wanted to wear that thing. That's what a lot of people want to do. Watch this. And she said, no, 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 no. You got to take it off because things that are covered don't heal right. Things that are covered don't heal right. And so what you need to do is that you need to stay somewhere long enough so that people do notice. Watch this. You ever got cut? You know what happens when you get cut? Your white blood cells begin to rush toward the place of the injury. Amen. And watch this. God, that's what the body of Christ is supposed to do. We're not here to expose you when we find out about you. We're here to cover you. Come on, somebody. Like those white blood cells, those of us who are wearing our robes of righteousness, come on, are supposed to come and cover you. You know what happens after that? After those white blood cells get to work on that infection, it forms a scab. That scab speaks. That scab is a preacher that scab is giving a testimony a powerful word you know what the word is watch this you just sit still I'll cover you until you heal I will cover you until you heal last point I gotta go watch this Uh oh don't fight your health it sounds simple enough doesn't it I wish I had time. I will take you to the end of chapter 5 in the book of Joshua where it says, watch this. Then all of a sudden, watch this, Joshua is walking around because he's wondering, you know, like many of us, what am I going to do? I need direction, right? And that's many of our prayer. I need direction. I need some, I need to know what the next steps are. I don't want to circle anymore. I need some clear direction. So you know what God does? God sends an angel. 
sends an angel. And could you imagine he's walking and the angel just shows up out of nowhere. Not that cute little thing that you have in your dining room, hallelujah, two cupids leaning on each other smiling. Not that. The Bible is very clear that what shows up, hallelujah, is a fierce angel. The Bible says his eyes are like fire. He's a warrior that shows up. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And the Bible says that when the angel shows up immediately, Joshua, because you know Joshua, he ain't to be played with either. Joshua jumps back and pulls out his sword. And watch this. If he's not careful, you know what he's about to do? He's about to fight his help. Don't make the mistake to fight your help. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Watch this. And, and then Joshua says something very interesting. He says, uh, are you for us or are you against us? In other words, Joshua's saying, that's all I need to know. And I know that deep down inside, after looking at that angel, he's probably saying, please say you're on my side. Please say you're on my side. Right? But the angel said, neither. I'm not on your side. I'm not on their side. I'm on the Lord's side. <laughs> I love what the angel is saying. And he's, he's trying to teach him something. He's saying, don't get it twisted in this place. Uh, I don't take sides. You get on my side. You get on the Lord's side. God, help me in here. Hallelujah. And watch this. And then, and then Joshua says, watch this. He says, okay, what is the word of the Lord for thy servant? And now he's humbling himself, right? What is the word of the Lord for thy servant? And he's doing the right thing. Hallelujah. But uh, that's not necessarily what all of us do. Because sometimes, watch this, like him, we do want the word. We do want a word of direction in our lives. And sometimes we do want counsel. And we say, yes, please counsel me. Until you hear the counsel. Because remember the first question. Whose side are you on? And sometimes all we want from God is for him to get on our side. And so we ask for a word. And we ask for counsel. Until we get the word. And it's not what you expected. And it's not what you wanted. And then all of a sudden... not what I wanted to hear but that's the word of the Lord are you hearing what I'm saying walk around the walls of Jericho for six days straight don't say nothing on the seventh day walk around seven times and then shout that's the council and we don't like it and if we're not careful we fight our own help are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? David goes to the battlefield. He's not going there to fight. When, J when David woke up that morning, he was not thinking that he was going to fight a giant. His father sent him to go feed his brothers. Listen to me. To feed his brothers. Go take this food to your brothers who are in the battlefield. And I'm closing with this. Watch this. He gets there. He gives the food to his brothers, right? And all of a sudden, he hears this giant mocking and defying the armies of the living God. And so, watch this. You know what he says? If nobody else is going to fight this guy, I'll fight him. And then his brothers. Because watch this. The giant is talking, but the giant is not intimidating David. It's not the words of the giant that are intimidating David. It is the words that are coming from his own brothers. His own brother said, man, go back home to those sheep. 
In other words, that's all you're going to do. There's nothing here for you. Watch this. And David is probably standing. If I'm David, I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I came here. I brought you lunch. You didn't have no problem eating my food, and now you want to fight me. Sometimes, if you're not careful, you will be fought by the very people you feed. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? They didn't have a problem eating his food, but when he wanted to do something great, the very people he fed started fighting him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's a very sad day in the body of Christ when you have to fight people you love. Let me say that one more time. I said it's a very sad day in the body of Christ when you have to fight the people you love. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I fight an enemy. David said, man, let me at him. Put stones in his bag and say, let's go. But I can't throw rocks at the people I love. At least I'm not supposed to. Are you in this place, church? That's not how I wanted to end this, hallelujah, but I'm going to have to end it because I'm out of time. Are you blessed by the word of the Lord in here? Come on, if you're really blessed, hallelujah, give God a praise offering in here. Hallelujah. Can we put those points on there one more time? God, for those of you that are writing, hallelujah, show me number one. Lose the residue of where you've been. If you're going to go to a new place, do something new. Amen. Next point. Possessing requires purity. Amen. You don't just want to visit the promise. You want to possess the promise. Amen. Number three. Don't run in haste. Remain until you heal. I admire your desire to want to help. But you have to heal before you can help. Number four. Don't fight your help. David was probably there saying, man, I just came to help. I, all I did was try to help. Sometimes you try to help and it totally backfires. Anybody know what I'm talking about? All I was doing was trying to help. Hallelujah, Jesus. But I want to live a life without limitations. I don't believe that Jesus called me out of the cave. so that I could still be wearing these. There's no way that I could be out of the tomb two, five, ten years and still be wearing these. Still have these on me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There's no way. There's no way. There's no way that Jesus called me out of Egypt so that I can die in the wilderness. Are you hearing what? There's no way I'm going to come out of Egypt and then die in the wilderness. Do you know a whole generation didn't make it into the promised land? And it wasn't the devil that kept them from going in. The devil was defeated at the Red Sea. Pharaoh was defeated at the Red Sea. In the beginning of the journey, Pharaoh was taken care of. It was those other things that the Apostle Paul talked about that kept them from going in. And just in case you didn't know, on the cross, Satan was defeated. 
So it's not Satan that's keeping you from getting to your destiny. It's these. You don't want to be worried. But you just came out of. You don't want to be worried where you've been. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Jesus said, that's unacceptable. Loose that man and let him go. And church, Jesus did the awakening. Jesus quickened him. Jesus made him alive. But the responsibility to lose him, he gave to us. That's what discipleship is really about. Loose that man. And so for every person that comes down this aisle and gives their heart to Jesus, somebody should be hearing that second command. Loose that man. Loose that woman. And let him go. In Jesus' name. Do you receive the word of the Lord on today? Come on, give the Lord a hand clap in here. Come on, give him a real good one. Hallelujah.